From the producers of Love Actually comes the rom-com that's winning bigly at the box office. Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi star in Impeachment Actually. This is a sham and shouldn't be allowed. The Speaker of the House will do anything to stop the president. I will hold six agencies of government hostage. Will her search for impeachment end up finding love? That is so ridiculous. Or will it go down the drain? People are flushing toilets ten times. Impeachment, actually, featuring Adam Schiff as the political matchmaker. And I'm going to put you in touch with Rudy. You're going to love him, trust me. And Rudy Giuliani as the political travel agent. We go to China. Where did we get to Romania? Rolling Stone calls it the funniest comedy since the Mueller probe. You're talking about the witch hunt? And Hillary Clinton calls it the underdog story of the year. (laughs) Impeachment, actually. I believe that together we can make America great again. go here we go another big episode plus-sized episode if oh. you will of everybody calm down jimmy Fallon, sean barry doing a damn thing today mm. here in the Michter studio we shout them out at the beginning of every episode the best sponsors that'll ever live Great. they sent us 20 cases of whiskey last week to give out to our guests and i promise you that once we finish organizing those 10 cases of whiskey we will get those five cases of whiskey out mm-hmm. to our guests right All away for those cases yeah. <laughs> they're gonna be there yeah. so if you work at the post office get ready because you've got two cases of whiskey mm-hmm. you're gonna need to ship one whole case coming your <laughs> way <laughs> big day on the show today ken krantz he's a comic been around the city quite a while he's a fantastic act he's doing a lot of cool stuff he was supposed to open for stormy daniels sunday night and I need to know all about this. Yeah. I have not spoken to him. I don't know one way or the other what went on. What I know is I saw the poster and I was like, hey, you got to come on the podcast and talk about this. I mean, and just just the concept that he's opening for a, let's say, an adult film star. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What was uh, her performance going to be? <laughs> you know, like, what is, is, she, is she doing an open mic? Uh, it, it, was at a, it was at an Irish pub in Poughkeepsie. Okay. From I, what I saw. Really which is to make yeah like a, a, this was what what was going to bring down the presidency a woman who is now <laughs> ping pong balling her way through an Irish pub in Poughkeepsie the old ping pong show I guess I don't even know, <laughs> I, know. I don't even know but uh, we're going to find out we're going to find out shortly and I'm excited to be a part of that mm-hmm. recon mission Sean Barry yeah. uh, so Ken Krantz will talk to us about that we'll get into some political goings on because there's some headlines being made this morning. Still trying to find out if they found that jerk who slapped the reporter in the butt the other day. I haven't figured that out. By the way, Lincoln Fallon. We're talking about things going on. Yesterday on yesterday's episode with Robbie Suave, we were talking about how um, there was this epidemic of guys running into live news sh- shots and yelling F her in the P. Yeah. That was a thing. Well, uh, you know, and we were saying how like that was like the original Epstein didn't kill himself. It was something mm-hmm. people would just tack on. Well, Lincoln told me yesterday the Clintons killed Epstein. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> really? So it must be in the memes he sees online. Right. He's like, uh, could I come on the radio with you and say that? And I'm like, yeah, probably not. No. Uh, you could say like someone said at school. Right. But don't just put yourself on record like that. Seriously. The key word when you're writing cable news, Lincoln, and everyone listening is reportedly. Yeah. Don't ever. Reportedly means you're not saying this. Yeah, sources. Yes. Yeah, sources say there's a reason, for real, there's a reason like when you're following like the Mueller probe, 
everything was an anonymous source. Because then if it's not true, we're not in trouble. Mm-hmm. But it allows them to report it anyway right. and be like, hey, you believe this shit? And then, and I'm like, no, actually, I don't believe this shit. That's that's how it works. I do not uh, believe uh, this shit. Uh, but Ken Krantz will be by shortly uh, for the fifth time. And I just wanted one to throw at you, Sean Barry. Disney, you're a parent. This matters. Mm-hmm. Disney has just gone over the $10 billion mark for the year. Yeah, I just saw that. Five films over a billion dollars in one year. How much of that is your money? You have four kids. Is that a lot? Of, is a lot of that your money? Um, it's no, it's not too bad. Uh, honestly, I think I've definitely purchased a couple of uh, Disney movies, uh, with Amazon. Mm-hmm. So I have them on, you know, ready to go now anytime we want to rewatch them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, the price there, it's the same as the DVD. You know, I'm not, I'm like, I didn't go to Disney world. I didn't, you know, as far as what we film, I guess we're talking about, right. You, I, I basically bought the 20 or $10 version of the film and that's it. Do you, all right. Do you have Disney plus or no? No. Okay. Not yet. I wanted I've been advocating for Disney 18 plus. That's my favorite sketch. Lady in the tramp stamp. <laughs> Wait, let's make some more Disney pornos. Can we think of a few? Uh, okay. Yeah, sure. Mm, the uh, Lady in the tramp stamp I like. Give me a title. Cinderella. Ooh, I don't know. Oh, The Emperor's New Hose. <laughs> That's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, Snow, well, I guess they would say, I bet, I bet it exists. Snow White. Well, it's probably Ho White. Right, and the horny white. dwarfs or something like that. Bill Cosby's favorite porno. Are you ready? I don't want to <laughs> oh, do yeah, it. I can't. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God in Sorry. heaven. That's... Harry, that's it. We're suing. What? We're going to sue. It's a jokey show, folks. Yeah. We're not joking about the idea of what Bill Cosby did. He's a dirtbag. But I want to live in the world where people get more mad at the creep then they do the comic joking to make light of what the creep did. Right. You know what I mean? I had somebody tell me the other day in a piece I submitted. Not a, This isn't a Fox thing. Um, it's a, like a, a written piece. You know what I'm saying? Um, not for something I'm going to do on the air, radio or TV, but for a written piece. And uh, someone was like, no, nah, we, can't, we, can't, uh, we can't make fun of Prince a- Andrew for sleeping with the underage girls. And I'm like, well, who's taking his side? Right. Like if I tell this joke, Who's going to be like, hey, Mr. Comedian, right. you know, that kid fucker, <laughs> like, I want to see this guy uh, come forward. He's royalty. Yeah. I'm like, who do you think yeah, you are? I know, but I'm like, this is crazy. That alleged, you can't say kid fucker, that alleged, right. that reported. Jim Gaffigan, who was on Fox News Radio with me last Friday uh, on uh, Fox Cross America, does a great joke. You know, I'm from one of them small towns. Where if you do one thing wrong, they never let you live it down. He's like, to this day, every time I go home, they're like, hey. Donkey fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. Uh, But today is not a Jim Gaffigan day. If you want to hear him, uh, go to Apple Podcasts, download Fox Across America. We talk about the Irishman. We did like a 40-minute interview. He's mm-hmm. fan. He's just the best guy. Man. Oh, yeah, Jim Gaffigan. He's out at the win. He's headlining the win in Nevada. Nice. I'm like, which is so funny because like when I do Nevada, they're like, yeah, Jimmy, there's going to be a dice game on Fremont Street. <laughs> we need you to lighten the mood so nobody gets stabbed. Like, t- totally different career trajectories. But shout out uh, to the hot pocket man himself, Jim mm-hmm. Gaffigan. He's cool hot of a guy. Pocket. He is. And he's like the most supportive guy of comedians. In, like, there's, no one has made it big 
and remained a bigger ally to the comedy community. He deserves props for that. Yeah. I mean, uh, as far as the handshake goes, that man's got a very decent handshake. Oh, Gaffey, you met him? I had a pleasure of meeting him, like, you know, uh, going in and out of Caroline's. He was, oh. he was leaving, I was going in, I'm like, hey, Jim Gaffey. So He's funny. Like, hey, how you doing? I shake his hand. Nice manly handshake. Well, that, real big fan, man. Just really funny. Yeah. Jenny loved him before we met each other. Mm-hmm. And then she was, like, so blown away that we knew him and that he was, like, you know, an actual, like, friendly. Like, he put, I played myself in his sitcom. Right. Which is so funny because, like, the reason I got to play myself is he loves my Mook accent. So, like, when we when I interview him, he'll be like, hey, what's going on there, Jimmy? What's happening there? He always thinks I'm going to sell him a TV off the back of a truck. It's so funny. And I have. I mean, who, who yeah. better to hit up than the guys that are making the big dough? Those you know are what nice I mean? TVs. Kenny Kranz has got some Stormy Daniels cash rolling in, uh, we hope. Uh, he joins us on the Mictor's Voice line when we come back on Everybody Calm Down. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. There it is. There it is. Another big episode of Everybody Calm Down. Now, well underway. Jimmy Fallon, Sean Barry in the house. Folks, every once in a while, our producers like to flex a little muscle. They like to show off a level of booking prowess that stuns the viewer. Like, how did you do this? You know, how'd you get this? Today is not one of those days. Uh, No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You deserved one pot shot, man. We're comics. Uh, Joining us now on the Mictor's Voice Line, really one of my favorite comics anywhere, one of the best joke writers in the city, and a guy who had a fantastic booking lined up this past Sunday that we have to discuss. Ken Krantz is here. What up, Ken Krantz? Hey, what's going on, Jamie? Thanks for having me. Oh, so exciting. So, all right, listen, man. You know, we talk a lot. We always, you know... You'll screenshot somebody's tweet and send it to me. Like, you believe this fucking asshole? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's, it's never like, hey, look at how funny this one was. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. If Ken Kranz is sending me a photo of your, of your tweet, something went horribly wrong. <laughs> and, and, what it, and, what, and, and, and what it usually is, it, that is funny, like, Kranz. That could be a button on Twitter. Like, you don't click like, you don't click retweet, you click a button that says, I'm going to screenshot this, send it to my friend so we can laugh at it. About how yeah. I'm going to tweet that after this, because I hate Twitter, but I, I'll tweet that. Um, whatchamacallit, what I was going to say is, no, me and you, for two years of the Trump administration, while everybody else has been passing themselves off as an activist, we have been right. laughing at people who've kind of taken it a little bit too far from time to time. And yeah. we have certain liberal comics who we respect immensely but have gone so far activist on Twitter and we die laughing. Cause like some of them are woke and they're very like pandering. Mm. You would say, wouldn't you say that Kim? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And w- but I also like how now like just hitting a button on your phone counts for activism. <laughs> like, like you sent it from a Starbucks. Like, <laughs> like you're not out in the street with a sign. Like you're, you're sitting in a 
coffee shop with free Wi-Fi. People are I'll never people who faced like dogs, water cannons, you know, yeah. people who really protested, right. real activists right. got beat right. up by nightsticks. You're like, yeah, can I get an extra pump of vanilla? You know, real activism. <laughs> That's ah, pathetic bunch of pussies. Uh, but it is. It's, Hashtag resist. Can I get a scone with that? <laughs> that's funny. That's real. That's really funny. Well, talking about resist, one of the big efforts by the resistance to topple President Trump was uh, they were trying to wage a backdoor campaign, if you will, to bring him down for illegal campaign contributions because he paid hush money to Stormy Daniels, mm. a woman, Ken Kranz, that you were booked to open for this past Sunday, which is a big I was deal. Booked, yes, I was booked to open for her last night. I, I drove up to Poughkeepsie on Saturday. She, uh, she, she'd agreed to be a guest on my podcast. Whoa! So, um, yeah. yeah. So I, I thought I was sitting down with somebody with uh, access to a million Twitter followers who, who was going to do who was going to do my podcast, and then. So the the story is she was in Poughkeepsie. Can I interrupt? Can I interrupt? Are you telling me this gig didn't happen? I'm I'm telling you that there was, I hate to report this, a family emergency. Oh, Um, no. Oh, Ken Kranz. So there was no, there was no stormy. The storm broke out. I, you know, it's funny. I was following it on Twitter. I, so I, I came up Saturday night because she was being a little not real sure when she wanted to do the interview for Sunday. Uh-huh. Saturday, she was headlining uh, the Gentleman's Club in Poughkeepsie. <laughs> she was doing, I love that they call it a Gentleman's Club. Um, <laughs> You've got to wear a sport coat, sir. I'm like, did she shooting <laughs> ping pong ball? Because <laughs> I'm a class act. Right. Um, so she was supposed to do two shows at a strip club Saturday night mm-hmm. and then her comedy show at uh, Laugh It Up Poughkeepsie on Sunday. Okay. On Saturday, I saw her tweet, like, just got to Poughkeepsie or, you know, two shows tonight and then tomorrow at Laugh It Up. And um, so, I, like I said, I, I went up Saturday night. I got a hotel just in case. Sunday morning, she wanted to, to do the interview. I just wanted to be up there and be prepared. Okay, Jimmy, you know me; I don't prepare for anything. So this <laughs> is the first. This is the first thing I've ever done where, like, I researched somebody and, and came <laughs> up with. I researched I somebody. How many? Yeah. Uh, how many tube socks did you go through in your research? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I th- I think everybody asks her about porn and about Trump, mm-hmm. but now she now she's doing this comedy thing, which has gotten a lot of uh, blowback from from real, I, I guess, from other comics, mm-hmm. female comics in particular. Yeah. So I wanted to ask her about that. So I was actually like looking up all her mainstream shit. She's okay. been in a couple of John Apatow movies. Yep. Like she does have some mainstream uh, comedy credits. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's funny. Um, I, no, first of all, I want to jump in on one thing and then you keep going. Um, the people giving her shit about getting into comedy, like you're not a real comic, you didn't fight the ground war. Anybody who brings people into comedy clubs is good for us. Mm-hmm. Because even if they suck, you wind up doing more time as a comic. Like one of the best show early breaks I got was after uh, the first kid won last comic standing. 
um, he didn't have any time. I think it was Dad Fan or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I got right. to, I got to open for him, and you know the MC normally does like fifteen minutes. They're like, yeah, you're doing forty five up front because he because <laughs> he couldn't fill the hour. Right. But it was like a great showcase for me because I got to do an hour in front of a lot of people. So I I disagree with it. But keep going. So you did your research. You got up there, and you were going to ask right. her about stuff. Keep going. Right, yeah, but also just just uh, just as a point to what you just said, also like if Stormy Daniels can go to to laugh it up and sell it out, which mm-hmm. it was just about sold out, mm-hmm. um, that means you know they if they make their nut that week, that means that they can take a chance, you know, like on a comic like me on a shitty slow weekend, mm-hmm. you know, like if they're so I don't have a problem with like a Stormy Daniels coming and no, not at all doing an off night and filling the place. Mm-mm. But, um, yeah, so then uh, apparently she was in Poughkeepsie and never showed up to her strip club appearances. Oh, no. Stormy. And then, yeah, and then at 2 in the morning, my buddy got, uh, my buddy who owns the club, uh, he got a text from her manager saying that there was a family emergency and she was going home. She was oh. on a plane back to L.A. already. Oh, rats. Well, listen, man, we, we wish we do wish her the best uh, and her family. Yeah. And certainly her family as well. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, who the hell knows what's going on? I mean, she's I got to tell you, Krantz, like one thing that would happen would happen with me. I met Hillary Clinton over the summer. I met Bill Clinton over the summer. Um, if you hate people like politically, I don't hate them. But, you know, obviously I don't share the same ideology as them. But right. when you actually meet people, people that you hate, people that you've seen on TV forever. Um, you do recognize that there's like this shared human experience we all have and that we're not supposed to be this angry at people we don't know. So like I thought right. the whole Stormy Daniels things was a farce, like when she was like, oh, his penis, you know, his, his wang looks like a toad from Mario Kart or whatever. Like she's obviously <laughs> she's saying that because she knows it'll gin up people on her side. But it's amazing right. how so many people in the course of this administration have been like relevant for three days and then you just get thrown off to the dustbin of history. Mm-hmm. You know, when you hear this is a woman that was going to topple the presidency and now she's working in Poughkeepsie doing comedy on right. a Sunday night. This is hardly, um, you know, like all the president's men. This is hardly like one of those movies, you know. <laughs> well, it you're, would be a saying, movie. All the president's men. Not, you're saying she's not deep throat. <laughs> oh, Kenny Kranz. Not, not saying. <laughs> Boom. No, no, we're not not saying. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if, if you will. If you will. That's fantastic. Is that you? Well, it's so. Oh, go ahead. I, I got so much shit from like my family. A lot of my family are, are fairly uh, conservative. Mm-hmm. And my family, my uncle in particular, was like, I can't believe you're going to work with that or what's wrong with you. Oh, check his search history. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you know, like. You know, she stood up for herself and, you know, she it's the American way. She's slapping her name on things and selling them just like Trump. There's no difference. She's not a whore. How dare you? Yeah. And then and then I get the 730 cancellation while I'm laying in a fucking depressing hotel in Poughkeepsie. <laughs> that whore! And I'm like, oh, this fucking whore. I can't believe this fucking whore. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how it works, man. That's I understand it. That is, yeah, and you're right to feel that way at that point. I will say this: as a guy's a head writer for a cable news show, um, pornography is far classier than politics. Far classier. There's nothing. I mean, yeah. the, the the porn people right. they're upfront about the fact that they're going to screw you. You know what I mean? Some like no pun intended. The politician, right. the verse, it's porn, but you don't know that. You think you think you are going to the DMV, yeah. and then you wind up getting screwed. <laughs> yeah. It's the opposite. So I'm I'm almost pro stormy on that end. The one thing I take exception to, 
because uh, I have uh, I have done some research on her as well. Uh, she has a stomach tattoo, which is weird. She has a weird like lower body tattoo in the front. It almost looks like she went for the back tattoo, and like they put the it, stamp. Yeah, they, they put, put it, it on the, the front. <laughs> it's a it's a weird look. Uh, I'm sure it was hot when she got it. And I'm sure somebody will now tell me like she had a C-section and she covered it up that way. And I hate women and I shouldn't be allowed to talk in public anymore. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm not disparaging it. I just found the choice. I just found the choice to be weird. Like the thing about like what they would call a tram stamp is you don't even have to see it. But th this is something if you get sick of it, you're going to see it forever. So yeah. I don't know, Ken Krantz, where do you wait on this tattoo? Have you seen it? Did you come across it in your research? I, I had, uh, you're gonna, you're, there's no part of you that's gonna believe a word of this, but I've actually never looked up any of her porn. Oh, so but I, you get, get you, uh, get him out of here. I swear, yeah. I, I, I swear. Oh boy, okay. Um, I'm, I'm going through this thing now. I, I don't think I've watched porn in almost a year. Whoa, are you woke? Do you feel like it demeans the women? What happened? No, I don't know. I just, no, I don't think that at all. Like nothing in, in like I haven't changed. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why. It, it's not like, no, no there's I no. I know what it is. I know what it is. You are, a, you're a parent now. You have a daughter. Yes. And I bet you on some small scale, because I can tell you this as a parent. Um, I look at everything as someone's kid now. Everything. And it does, right. Krantz, make it impossible for me to give a shit about certain things. It really, like certain news stories and stuff really do bother me. So I could see that. Like I haven't, um, you know, I haven't completely uh, absolved myself from pornography, availed myself of it totally, but I, I generally don't watch it at all during the week. Um, but but that being said, I could see as a parent where even if you don't didn't realize it, you're subconsciously looking at daughters and you're like, yeah, you know? Because it makes me sad. Like, Ken, when I see people like homeless or certainly you see a prostitute, and you realize there's parents out there that are either dead, which is terrible and sad, or parents who don't even care, which is really sad. I mean, imagine a world where it's 12 degrees and your kid is out there on the street without you getting into strangers' cars to turn tricks. Yeah. It's horrible, you know? Yeah. And, and maybe that's You know, I did, a, uh, I did a comedy burlesque show recently. Oh, and that's more depressing the, than what I just said. Continue. I know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. When you see, um, when you're sitting down and you see strippers eating a plate of ribs before a show, it's a little... <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. I can actually get into that. I get that you think it's depressing, but I can kind of get into that. And, and by the the way, you're getting good bookings if they allow you to order the ribs off the menu because they never do that at the clubs. <laughs> sure. One of the burlesque dancers was a dude. Oh. It was a dude burlesque dancer, and my very first thought was, "Your your poor dad. He, I'm sure he tried so hard." And I just wanted to find him and give him a hug. Like, I know you tried. It's just sometimes it gets away from him. That is usually how it works because one of my, um, one of the first gay friends I knew who was outwardly gay um, and was physically the most flamboyant gay man who ever lived, his dad had named him after Clint Eastwood. And it was so funny because, you know, this was absolutely not what his dad had signed up for. But I think I think on some level it's funny that that happens. I think it's hilarious. Obviously, I, I, I'm sorry that the kid had to probably go through a shitty upbringing because the dad didn't want to make peace with how far he had missed the mark by. But if you were right. that wrong about something in life, like I would laugh about it. I wouldn't you laugh about it if you you, you thought you were raising a kid who was going to be high plains drifter. You know, <laughs> it's it the complete opposite. And you got Midnight Cowboy. Oh, yeah. You thought you were raising high plains drifter. I was going to say you got cats. Um, <laughs> That's funny. 
Tough one. Uh, give me one more because you book. I want to get into you. I want to cut you off for a second. Um, you you do a monthly comedy club, uh, comedy show at Gotham. It's a lot of big names. Um, yeah. Did you have Shane Gillis on recently? Yeah, Shane Gillis just came on. How's he doing? Um, uh, he's doing great. Shane Gillis is one of the funniest stand-up comics you'll ever see. Is he life. is he that good? Yes. I've seen none yes. of his. I've seen none of his stuff. Um, he was for people who not his name's not ringing a bell. He was a kid who got hired by Saturday Night Live and then got fired for making comments about Asian people on a podcast. Um, he uh, I've never seen his stand up. I only heard the podcast clips, but he's got an act. You say he's got chops. He is he is a brilliantly funny stand up who I always see absolutely level the room. Really? So when he came out and I saw all of these like woke comics attacking him, like yo, Shane was never funny anyway. Uh-huh. Like, listen, you, you can say whatever you want. You can say that doing that podcast was a bad decision, mm-hmm. but you can't fucking say this dude isn't funny when I see him killing as hard or harder than any other comic on a lineup in any given night. Really, good old Shane yeah. Gillis. So you're you're putting yeah. you're putting him at like a nine on a scale of one to Jimmy Fallon. Oh, they're talking yeah, smack. Yeah, yes, you listen, should, you should, you should see him. Listen, he, he is, he is unbelievably funny. Honestly. Wow, I got to check him out because I do want to check him out. I haven't, I haven't seen him, so I'm, I'm kind of into that. Um, because the, la- the last lineup I read, didn't Gaffigan do your show? Uh, yeah, he drops in. He drops in a lot. I, like, I we, we never actually booked him. He just shows up. Yeah, that's cool. But I, I had him on the radio on Fox the other day. And I was telling the audience at the beginning of the show, he is the best friend of the comedy community in terms of a guy in the history of guys that have actually blown up and been like world famous. Like he opened for the Pope. Yes. Like, yeah. I, I opened for the old defensive back Marquez Pope on the 49ers. <laughs> and, he like, and he was like, this shit is too raunchy, you know, but he opened for the Pope, you know, yeah. and uh, he is a guy that is still like to this day. He is amazing like he did i like saying it out loud because not everybody's doing that ken Kranz. would you be i i don't know and i'm a pretty nice dude i don't know if i'd be doing as much as he was if i was as famous as he is i honestly don't know that yeah no i i wouldn't i know me pretty well i'm kind of a dick i would like <laughs> to be doing that only for the people that i liked all right that's fair uh well then maybe that's what he's doing too and maybe he, he likes us or something or at least he likes me because he books me ahead of time you're just some drop in right. cum dumpster on the comedy circuit <laughs> i'm kidding i love you man it's great <laughs> you're just a stormy daniels type show uh no that's really funny listen i appreciate you sharing this and next week if you want to come you know come do the radio fox man let's get together yeah i would love that thank you so much no rock and roll kenny Krantz. i'll talk to you during the day man because i'm heading into the studio now but text me about that other thing too you're the man yeah, I will. All there right, thanks, Ken Jimmy. Krantz, everybody, Ken Krantz. Take care, thanks. See you, buddy. Bye-bye. Kenny Krantz, uh, fantastic guy. Fantastic. And he uh, is, a he is honestly, Sean Barry, an excellent comic. I didn't get, we didn't have time because we're tight today because we got to get it, get to Fox. But um, he, you know, uh, he would fill in frequently. He's a really, really good joke writer. Mm-hmm. He would fill in frequently mm-hmm. on the um, the radio prep service that I was head writer for for a long time. Oh, okay, and uh, he's a great joke writer. But he also went through a period where no matter what the setup was, he could write a really good anti-Trump joke. <laughs> it's like, and they were funny too. Nice. But you understand, like the vast majority of the country, like the middle state, like the president. Right. So it's like, yeah, I can't even use them, but they're great. I'd read them. I'd laugh at them. <laughs> 
I'll have to talk to him about that later. Uh, we got to take a very fast break, Sean Barry, and then we got to come back and do some headlines. Because the kids, they want their headlines. You know, we'll do it. It's a fast one today. We got to be out of here. Okay. But uh, a lot of fun. It's the Christmas story that's blowing the whistle on the competition. Introducing the Elf on the Schiff. The Intelligence Committee is dependent on whistleblowers to reveal wrongdoing when it occurs. The Elf on the Schiff can find a way to put anyone on the naughty list. I want you to make up dirt on my political opponent, understand lots of it. And it's not afraid to share its notes with the big guy at the North Pole. What those notes reflect is a classic mafia-like shakedown. The Elf on the Schiff. And I'm going to say this only seven times times so you better listen good on sale now wherever impeachment fantasies are sold and by the way don't call me again i'll call you when you've done what i asked Here on Everybody Calm Down. We got some fun ones coming up tomorrow. You know who's in the studio tomorrow? In the studio. Who's that? Name you've never heard in your life. But the audience is really going to enjoy this. Uh, gentleman's name is Andrew Heaton. Mm. Uh, why is he significant in the storyline of Jimmy Fallon? He was the head writer for Kennedy before I took over. Oh. He is also the gentleman who got me into Fox because he saw me at a comedy club. And was like, hey, I work on a show. We'd love to start booking comedians. Why don't you come by? I was like, I'd love to. Give me an email sometime. I was on the next night. Wow. <laughs> I was like, wow, holy hey. First time I was on Kennedy, for real. She used to host a show called The Independence. And the reason she is, I, I really mean this. I get emotional just talking about it. She's my favorite person in the history of showbiz. Uh, the first time I was on The Independence with her, Matt Welch, and Camille, she's like, yeah, we're bringing you in to do a segment about uh, the epidemic of rape in the dolphin community. <laughs> and I was like, we did it. It was serious. We did dolphin rape. Because some zoologists had talked about how that was a thing. And then that was like the, the indicator to me that like, oh, this isn't a normal, this isn't a normal show. Right. There's something else going on here. <laughs> I don't know that anybody else was doing the dolphin rape, Sean Barry. Uh, but the K-Train was. That's why you should get on the K-Train uh, every Monday through Thursday, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, a couple of quick ones. We're going to get out of here. Uh, we didn't mention this yesterday, but the Irishman mm-hmm. swept all of its categories at the Golden Globe. Best, uh, best actor, mm-hmm. both best supporting actors, best director, best screenplay, best picture. Wow. Everything. I part. I have think the reason it got nominated for every award is because no one had time to watch any other film. It was like they yeah. just they said everybody watch that at the end of the day, like all right that's it we're out. Well, uh, but I, it was it was good. I finally had a chance to watch it and uh, I thought it was okay. It's oh very thank you. Can I just yeah. jump in? Yeah. And Jim Gaffigan, we we talked about this on the radio too. I'm very name droppy today. I'm very, but I'm excited. Uh, it was as Gaffigan described it. Every year, there's a movie. That's cool to say you watch, that everybody gets excited about, that everybody right. wants to watch. And it's like, oh, my God, it's amazing. It's so amazing. And then eventually someone's like, I thought it sucked. And everybody's like, yeah, me too. Right. Like when it first came out, everybody was telling me how good it was. Let's just let's do it here. Let's go here. OK. If you were to compare this to like a Goodfellas, a casino, which Sharon Stone is 
maybe the best performance on camera I've ever seen. Sharon Stone in Casino. Um, there's nothing in this movie you'll be discussing a week from now, let alone repeating scenes and iconic lines. Like, Goodfellas penetrated our cultural narrative in a way that this film from 1990, it'll be 40 years old next year. This is a film people quote constantly. You know, am I a fucking, am I a clown? What I amuse you, you know? Yeah. Oh, I just want to make sure I'm not kissing Nat King Cole over here, you know? Mm-hmm. What is it? Karen! The scene yeah. you like to do. Karen! We needed that money! That was um, all the money we had, Karen! I didn't know! You know, that, that's yeah. my favorite. Um, but the point is, there's nothing in this movie that's going to do that. There's no scene no. where we're going to point to. What happens now is everybody, I really, is like such a prisoner of the moment when it comes to content, that everything now has to either be the best thing ever or the worst thing ever, mm-hmm. and there's no in between. It's a it's a good, long mob movie. Mm-hmm. It could have ended easily if they didn't want to cut it down, okay? Like, say they didn't want to cut out particular scenes along the way, they still could have ended it uh, that day in Detroit and then didn't show you the next, like, 30 years of their lives after that. Like, the movie could have ended. You mm-hmm. could have just lopped off the back end of the movie, and still saved everybody a lot of time and a lot of what I found to be like unenjoyable sequences. Yeah, I mean, my theory on why they didn't is mm. they were literally doing like a goodbye film. That's I know someone else said that, but I'm like, but is that cinema? Martin Scorsese, the guy who I don't think it's true because he remember he just gave us that lecture about how comic book movies aren't really cinema and all that. Maybe. I don't I don't want to put that on him. I don't. But I mean, it could be true, but yeah. I, I don't want to put it on him. But uh, but but yeah, it just got it. It, it really did feel like. It was like an old man mob movie. It was like it was like the um, it was like uh, the grandfather, like instead of the Godfather, because they were all like ninety, right, right, like, <laughs> like, like Grandbo, yeah, like Grandbo. We said, yeah, yeah. The, the, leave the gun, take your morning pills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't know, yeah. I, I don't even know, but I, I liked it. But I and I, and it's good storytelling, but there's nothing in it. I think you'd give a shit about. Well, I think all right, I think Joe Pesci was spot on. He's amazing. Perfect. Amazing. I think he was great. I think Harvey Keitel was underutilized. Oh, he's uh, so good though. Yeah, but he I mean I w- I wanted more of him. Yeah, he was so good. And then Bobby De Niro obviously the, you know the, the main character this whole thing when they kind of try to go back to him as young Bobby and, mm-hmm. and I I've heard this other people say this. Uh the scene where he's like beating up the the guy for uh, pushing his daughter. Yeah. And he's giving her he's giving her a little sh- street stomp. Yeah, yeah. It's, it looks like an old man street. Yeah, cuz he can't kick. He can't. And it's, <laughs> it's supposed to be young version of him and it looks like little old man street kick. And it took me out of it. Immediately I was like, "Oh, come on." I completely get it. Yeah. It was really funny to me too. Um and I didn't I had to rewatch it after you told me. Because you mentioned that last week, and I thought it was really funny. Um, but uh, like on the whole, it's like a pretty good movie. It's a pretty good movie that you'll never talk about again. Uh, it, yeah. It'll it'll probably win every Oscar now, and De Niro will yell F Trump at the Oscars. Great. I got to tell you, man, Hollywood, for people who desperately hate the president with all they have inside of them, they're in a precarious position come Oscar season because if they do a bunch of grandstanding and stuff, like they could really alienate people and and motivate his base that much more. Not that anything's going to change their minds at this point anyway. But, uh, you know, he works really well when he's an underdog. So if Hollywood does two hours of Trump bashing, mm-hmm. it allows him to portray himself as some type of a victim, which he does very well. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like, oh, yeah. he, we managed to take a, a Fifth Avenue billionaire and turn him into, like, punk rock. Because it was, like, rebellious if you supported him, which is absurd. He's yeah. like, a guy that was on The Apprentice. It's hardly rebellion. Right. You know, but they portrayed him as, like, oh, this is this Russian evil mastermind. I'm like, dude, he was on with Regis Philbin. <laughs> Regis Philbin's buddy 
isn't taking down America from the inside out. You want to know why? Because Vladimir Putin is too smart of a guy to look at Donald Trump like five years ago and be like, oh, no, this guy could win. Nobody, no, nobody, he's no, nobody intelligent would have said that. But I, that's another debate for another time because the show's over. Uh, big fat shout out to Kenny Kranz. We appreciate him coming on tomorrow. Uh, you talk about origin stories. Andrew Heaton will be here to talk about uh, Kennedy before Jimmy Fallon. How about that? That's exciting to me. It is. I have a lot of questions that we've never we've never been asked because when he uh, left the position, he was taking off to Europe for like a month because that's what he does. He's like a backpacking, crazy fun guy. And uh, they gave me the gig, and we didn't even get to talk about it during the transition. Like, I just went in and fucking drilled the interview, I mean, as I do. And uh, by the time he landed again, I was like, well, here's a crazy story. And loved it. We've been pals. But there's a lot we haven't gotten to discuss. So that that changes tomorrow, Sean Barry. Good. Show's over. Check out Kennedy Tonight on the Fox Business Channel, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We will see you tomorrow. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy.